Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We started our study at the beginning of the year concerning God's provision. God's provision for the nation of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. God's provision for His church, the church of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And understanding provision from God's point of view, not so much from ours, but from God's point of view. He is the source of everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. God is the source and the provider of all that we need. He gives us the sunlight. gives us the air we breathe. He gives us the very breath of life that is in our lungs. Just to consider that in itself, He truly is the source of everything. That includes the na- the needs, the basic needs that we as human need, human beings need. He is the source of that also. Of course, uh, man here on this earth, right now as it is, in a fallen state, without Christ, follows a very different pattern. But those that have been translated into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness have seen the light and have begun to see the truth. Now, as we continue our study, we've been studying from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. And uh, yesterday I added a little uh, food for thought there, a little nugget about how the scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, uh, they were told, come and buy, to come and buy you that don't have money. It says in Isaiah 55, 1, uh, Ho, everyone that is thirsty, come to the waters, and he that has no money, come. Ye may, come ye, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And then it says in verse 50, in uh, verse 50, Uh, chapter 55 verse 2 wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread this was no different than the words of Jesus and labor for that which satisfies not hearken diligently unto me and eat that which is good and let your soul delight in fatness incline your ears come unto me hear and your soul shall live And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now, this is what he spoke to the people of Israel. But Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Come unto me and find rest for your souls. Come unto me and learn from me. The teaching is free. He is the teacher. He wants us as pupils to learn from him as disciples, to follow him as individuals that have been converted from darkness into light, to be able to walk in the light of his word, the light of his truth, and the light which the Holy Spirit provides for the believer. And all of this at the price of what? No money. Come. Come if you're thirsty. Come if you're hungry. Come and buy Now, this leads us to today's study in the book of 
in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 23, many, many, many years ago, I did a study on this. I did about, uh, about 45 messages on buy the truth and sell it not. And it says in the Proverbs 23, verse 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. And several of the questions that we identified was, where do you buy the truth? From whom do you buy the truth? Who's selling the truth? How much does it cost? What do you pay with? What is the current rate of exchange? So in reality, taking what we've learned in Isaiah and learning here in the book of Proverbs, truth is bought not with money, but it is bought with faith, literally. Coming to God, believing and trusting in Him that He is your provider and your supplier is the beginning. The Apostle Paul taught us this in the book of Philippians in chapter 4, where he had said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am in, whether I have or don't have, whether I abound or don't abound. Uh, he had learned just as the disciples of Jesus had learned after they had been taught. And he sent them out to preach. And he said, take no money, take no bags, take no extra coat, don't take a staff, don't take anything. In other words, I will provide for you. Now we can go to extremes in both things. We want to look at things balanced and balance the things so that we don't wind up saying, ah, then we're not supposed to do anything. Just believe God that he will provide. Well, in one sense, if you looked at the life of George Muller, he was a servant of God who had an orphanage. I believe this was back in the days of uh, England. And I can't give you the exact date. I'd have to go back and research it in my books. But anyway, every single need for that orphanage, every single day, he set out to pray and pray and pray and ask God for the provision, whether it was uh, food, whether it was milk, whether it was bread, whether it was clothing, whether it was uh, uh, coals to, to heat the orphanage, whatever it was, every single day for his entire life, he ran that orphanage by simply believing, give us our daily bread. No backups, no banks, no supporters on a monthly, weekly, or yearly basis. Just simply trusting and believing that God would supply. Now that is to the extent that he went. Others are going to go to the extent, well, I'm going to believe God for as much money as I can. And then I'm just going to store it up. So when the rainy day comes, I'll have it available. But then that makes you reliant not upon God, but upon money. All of a sudden, our trust is in our storage or stack of things that we have accumulated. That in itself can be a problem. We have to find the balance between both. In what we trust God, when we trust God, and in what things do we involve money in. When is it time for money? When is it not time for money? And there is a balance. You have to consider Jesus. He did have a treasurer. 
But all those finances, it seems that they went to helping the poor and the widows and the needy. That's why Judas, on the night that he betrayed him, after having cut the covenant with Jesus, goes out there uh, assuming the rest of the disciples that he was going to go give to the poor. But in fact, he went and sold Jesus for money to see if whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But he went and sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Now consider this. He was the treasure. He saw how the finances came in. He knew how the finances would come. He saw the miraculous even when Peter went fishing and brought that gold coin to pay the taxes. So when we stop and think about that, it, there, there is something wrong to one degree or to another in the way that the Church of Jesus Christ manages money or finances. You can get to the point that you trust so much on finances that you can continue running without the use of God or the need of God in your life or in the church's life for whatsoever reason at all. And God would be totally out of the picture except for the religious practices and experiences that one would do. But at the same time, one would think, Ah, oh, well, God is the one that has provided this so that we don't have to worry. God, in his faithfulness, understands the human heart and human nature. Look at what it says in Revelation, chapter 3, verse 17. Notice, very carefully, Because thou sayest, this was the church of Laodicea, in the time of uh, the, the apostle John, out of the seven churches, this is what he says to the church of Laodicea, which was the last one. He says, because thou sayest, notice, you're saying it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Because thou sayest, I am rich. That means you have in abundance or even super abundance. You have plenty. Literally, you are wealthy because you say I am rich. Second part, and increased with goods. Third part, and have need of nothing. When you have come to the place where you need nothing, there is an issue. See, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, in other words, I don't need anything if he is my shepherd. But here, because you say I am rich, you're increased with goods. Where have we heard that before? That, that man that was called a fool for wanting to tear down his barns and build bigger ones so he could store up more goods. And basically, he had no need of anything either. Because he was just simply going to say to his soul, eat, drink, and be merry. For you have stored up goods for many, many, many years. But yet the Apostle Paul taught us in the same chapter that we're talking about in Philippians in chapter 4. Where he says, I've learned to, be a, uh, to abound or to abase. I, I, I've learned to have and not have and to do with or without. He had come to that point in his life of faith where God would supply his needs. 
And he wrote it down in Philippians 4.13. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. If you, if you reach a place where you have no need of nothing, then you don't have any need of God either. Because he's supposed to be our source. He's supposed to be our provider. But yet the rebuke is in the next part of the verse. And you know not that you are wretched, one. You're miserable, two. And poor, that's three. And blind, that's four. And naked, that's five. Five things that he reprimands them for. Because they said they were rich, they said they were increased with goods, and they said they had it need of nothing. See, I don't have need uh, 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 of God if I can just go to a doctor. I don't have need of God if I can just buy it at the grocery store. I don't have need of God if I can just ask for a loan at the bank. None of these things are wrong. But notice, God is out of the picture. There is no trust in the Lord and not lean to your own understanding, but depend upon him. Trust him wholly with your whole heart. For as minute or for as great as the need may be, learn to take baby steps and trust him in the simple little things. Give us our daily bread. Where our, our, sometimes our daily bread is going to be, Lord, you know, if it's just a bowl of beans, then thank you. I am content with a bowl of beans. But sometimes it's going to be a feast. Then I am content with the feast. And sometimes, like Paul said, it may be days of many fastings and prayers and vigils and going through these things. But I like verse 18 of chapter 3 of Revelation. And I'll have to review all of this uh, on Sunday, but it says, I counsel thee, I'm giving you advice, to buy of me gold, tried in the fire. Bible says that our faith is like gold tried in the fire. That you may be rich and white remnant, that's clothing, that you may be clothed, and that your shame of your nakedness does not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that thou may see. See, I believe right here that the reason for their backsliding and the reason for the condition that that church was in was because they were trusting in their riches, in money, not in God. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination We've run out of time, but I will pick up on these two verses again on Sunday and go a little bit further in depth and look at some of these things. But until then, the Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Keep looking up every day. Look up for our Redeemer and our redemption draweth nigh every day closer than the day before. The Lord richly bless you in his precious holy name. Amen.